Hello and welcome to the podcast series Raw Talent with me Fiona Abrahams where I'm deep diving behind the scenes into the careers, aspirations and inspiration of the many skilled and talented individuals who enable the fashion and creative industries to feed our passion for clothing and product. Throughout this podcast series I will be reaching out to the global community, exploring the industry through their eyes, asking people to share insights about the work they do, how they got started, their most compelling experiences, the trials and tribulations they have faced and overcome, who they have met along the way, the lasting friendships formed, the part culture plays in the work they do, and their thoughts on their futures and the future of the industry as we navigate the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to Series 4, Episode 1 of Raw Talent. We're heading to Ipswich to chat with Matthew Rawlings, Retail Director of Coes, one of the UK's largest independent fashion retailers. Matthew has extensive expertise across all aspects of retail operations, including product, high-end store management, area management, buying, merchandising, financial planning, and team development. He brings a warm and engaging leadership style that gets the best out of individuals and creates happy, high-performing teams. Exactly what you'd expect at a business at the forefront of style that is constantly pushing for innovation. Where service excellence and selecting the best styles with customers in mind is at the heart of what they do. lovely to see you today how is the weather in Ipswich? Hi Fiona good morning to you Um, well this morning when I woke up it was bright and sunny and I thought we're in for a good day and now it's wet and windy but that's the great (laughs) British weather isn't it? Certainly is it's been very similar here I have to say. Yeah yeah. Uh, Yes what can we do it's Friday so how lovely we've got a weekend ahead of us. Exactly. We've got some positives I normally work Saturdays obviously when the shops are open I work nearly every Saturday so um, if there's one good thing to come out of the pandemic, it's uh, the Monday to Friday working. So I've, I've got a weekend ahead of me. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. Make the most of it because it's uh, it's only going to be another month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve grateful. Yeah, exactly. So let's um, let's jump in. You studied retail management at the University of Surrey and joined Co's back in 2000, the year 2000, when it was WD Co Limited. Tell us about your career journey. Uh, yeah, I did indeed. I um, did retail management at Surrey um, down in Guildford. Uh, initially, I wanted to be a hotel manager. Um, I had a part-time job, a Saturday job at B&Q when I was in sixth form. And the manager then um, was a bit of an inspiration to me at the time and uh, as a sort of 17-year-old. And he um, taught me into going down the retail route rather than the hotel route. Um, yeah, so and he, he was fantastic, actually. He, you know, he, he could see that even though it was only a Saturday job that I had um, more of an interest in it than the average Saturday boy, I suppose. Um, so I did that in Surrey. That was four years. Um, graduated, um, got offered a couple of jobs in high street retailers, um, had the offer of Co's um, in my pocket, if you like, from from William Co, which was very kind of him. And in, in to tell the truth, Fiona, it was the best offer, uh, not so much in terms of money, but in terms of um, the, the role itself and the chance to grow. Um, and it was only my own ego that stopped me from saying yes sooner than I did. Um, I just felt that 
I'd kind of left Ipswich, I'd gone to Guildford. And, I'd, you, you know, when you go to university, you've sort of half flown the nest, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, my, my time in Ipswich had been done and I'd be looked at some kind of, you know, failure or something if I came back to Ipswich. And then I sort of had a word with myself and realised that this was a good opportunity for me. And um, so I, I took it with open arms and, um, yeah, and that's where I've been ever since. Um, I um, worked in every department um, from September 2000 through to about 2004, um, worked in every shop um, and kind of lived and breathed all facets of the business. And then in 2004, the company bought a shop called Goddard's in Kings Lynn, which is in West Norfolk. Mm. And I went up there for about six months and then came back in 2005. And in March, I became a director of the company. Um, and um, yeah, have a look back, really. Amazing. It's an amazing story. Um, how has the business responded to the changing landscape of the last 20 years? Um, yeah, good question. It's been it's been a challenge, but but we are for what is a you know a relatively small independent business, we're we're quite forward thinking. Um, and so whether it be changing products, changing how we market the business, um, personnel within the business, uh, we've done everything we can to make it as um as as relevant to the society that we're um, serving as possible. Um, mm. and, and you know, we've worked really hard, quite frankly. Yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely. Are there any, is there anything in particular that's been, um, that springs to mind sort of within that scope that's been really important during that last 20 years? Because I'm sure there's been a few milestones. Indeed. Yeah, we've done, we've done a lot of things. Um, Although we, the website is one thing we we did and, you know, we launched a website in, in 2000, which was not transactional, but, you know, that's 21 years ago. Not many major retailers had websites 21 years ago um hey. and i remember i set that up with a colleague of mine we went down to um um an internet company down in surrey that um said they could do us this website and you know and we thought we were the bee's knees having a website in the year 2000 um it cost five thousand pounds which in fact you can probably get a website for five thousand pounds now so uh, we probably got- <laughs> Probably got ripped off then, but anyway, uh, we were a bit green and we had this website. And uh, it was in the beginning when they first start websites first started, wasn't it? So exactly. yeah, because exactly. I was first working in, in recruitment then from a small headhunting firm, and it was during my six years there that the whole thing started to kind of manifest, and people thought people took it seriously, if you like. But nothing yeah. was transactional back then, was it? Well, no, it wasn't, and, and that was the irony. You know, we got told. <laughs> You know, we got told we could be top of the the Google rankings or the <laughs> Yahoo rankings as it was then, which is great. But nobody had the had the internet, so um, <laughs> it didn't really make a lot of difference. Um, but, um, but so we had this website. Um, we um, diversified, or, or you know, moved sideways into women's wear as well as men's wear. Mm. We primarily a men's wear business, but we brought women's wear in. Um, we spent a lot of money in the last twenty years updating all of the shops. Um, moving some shops, refurbishing some shops, extending some shops, closing some shops. Um, and, yeah, done everything we can to, to move forward. Um, new loyalty systems for the customers, uh, new ecosystems. systems, um, you name it, we, we've, we've had a go at it. You're moving with technology, basically, aren't you? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And um, you still oversee the menswear buying team for the group and have successfully onboarded um, new menswear collections, names like Ralph Lauren, Ted Baker, Hugo Boss. 
How have men's shopping habits evolved in the last uh, 20 years, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think the customer, whether it's menswear, womenswear, whatever it is, the, the internet um, has been has played a huge part, hasn't it? Um, yeah, back to that digital customer, piece. Yeah, I mean, the, the customer now knows they can be experts. Um, they can know far more than we know because, you know, if you're after that specific piece, you've done all your homework online, you've, you've searched for everything, you, you know all about it. So um, customers coming in are far more informed than they ever used to be. Yeah. Um, so we have to be quite, well, not that we haven't been honest before, but we have to be even more open and honest because um, they could well know more about the product than, than we do. Um, but How do you stay ahead in terms of that? How do you sort of almost feed the customers rather than being prompted by them? Yeah, I think the basic principles haven't changed, Fiona. You know, it's all about being open and honest and and giving the customer what they want. You know, they they, yeah. they come to Coe's, whether it be bricks and mortar or online, because they want to see a good choice. They want to have, will be, be they want to believe that they're, you know, paying a, a, a reasonable price, a, a competitive price, shall we say. Um, and if we can give them what they want in terms of, selection choice service whether it be through digital channels or, or bricks and mortar um and then they'll come again that's the hope yeah totally absolutely and tell us about your goals and sort of engage and stock premium menswear brands and or premium brands in general and how this has transformed the co's brand positioning uh repositioning the company as a leading fashion retailer that appeals to a younger customer yeah, back in in 2001, so I hadn't been with the company very long, um, we um, we were known for being a traditional menswear shop, really. Um, nice. Kind of, I don't want to belittle what we had, but a, a classic men's drapery shop, I suppose you'd say. Okay. Um, and, and we had some brands, you know, we did Classic Barber, we did Classic Fred Perry and um, Ben Sherman. They were probably the only brands we had outside of the sports department. Um and as I, as I said earlier, you know, this is really before the internet was big. So, um, you know, we, we searched around for, for brands that we thought could transform the business. And um, Gantt was the brand that we, we got on board first. Um, it took quite a long time to get them on board. But by 2001, they were said they'd do some business with us. And um, I remember going down to London uh, with a colleague and we spent £12,000 with Gantt. And I didn't sleep for a week after because I was so I was so worried that I, I don't know I thought I was going to bankrupt the company or something I, I don't know I just felt so so worried that I was going to lose my job that I'd wasted this twelve thousand pounds and that you know how could one brand kind of start a revolution for our business and um, but it did um, we we we're big in schoolwear it's a big part of our business um, yeah. it's, you know it's over a million pounds worth of our business and so we get the the parents in and we get the kids for their school uniform. But we had a big disconnect, I suppose you'd say, between when those school kids grew up to become adults. They were maybe so turned off by Coach because they had this bad memory of school, school uniforms. Exactly. Um, and they'd come back in maybe 20 years' time. Right. So so Gantt for us was a bit of a, a kind of a stepping stone brand that we could hopefully um, appeal to them at a slightly younger age than maybe you know 50 or 60. Mm. Um, and as I said, this is before the internet, so it wasn't available in many places. You couldn't buy it online. There were only, I think, one other retailer in the whole county that 
sold the brand. So mm. that's where it began. Um, wow. And and we 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 know our market, Fiona. In all of the the locations we are, we we kind of um, get involved, live and breathe it within the community, and um and and hopefully give the customer what they want. I mean, if you're if you're if you're 25 plus, we'll probably have something for you. If you're 30 plus, we'll have everything you need. And if we haven't got it, we'll find it for you. Amazing. That's fantastic. How do you go about doing that? Uh, yeah. Uh, a, a lot, <laughs> a, a, yeah, my, my family wouldn't appreciate it, but quite a lot of work that doesn't involve being in Ipswich, you know, um, scouring um, the length and breadth of this country, Europe, you name it, um, looking for new products. Um, yeah. speaking, speaking to colleagues in, you know, other retailers across the country. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, and just hoping you get it right. Absolutely, absolutely. What have you got right? What's been good? Um, yeah, I think we we've always been known for for selling tailoring. Um, right, so tailoring's a big one. Tailoring's a big one. It's obviously tricky at the moment. Um, of course. Yeah, you know, one of my first jobs here was to um, run the tailoring department in Ipswich, and you know we're going back 15, 16 years. We sold here alone three thousand suits a year. Um, wow. which is a lot of suits um wow. and it was, are there any particular brands that are popular for us back then it was nearly all own label so okay. um it was high margin um high turnover um high volume it was it yeah. was a fantastic very profitable area for us um, within our localities there are some quite big white collar employers um mm-hmm. insurance is big in this area so that was good and there's a big commuter belt to london as well um clearly a lot's changed even before the pandemic you know that that that, that has shifted um, yeah. and so tailoring for us now is we're down to probably half of that suit sale than we used to be um and it's more occasion-led so it's weddings it's going to the races it's parties that kind of thing um and we've grown in other areas sportswear is now big for us um, and men's casual wear is, is huge branded collections in particular yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think it's just a signal of how our lifestyles have changed, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Exactly that. Um, yeah. You know, um, whether it's before the pandemic or including the pand- pandemic, um, sportswear was was um, a growth area for us. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Wow. Are there any other, is it mainly um, brands that you buy in? Or is it yeah, it, it's, it's, it's well? household names effectively. Household yeah. Names. Yeah. Um, we we try and specialise though, um, you know, Sports Direct. So Mike Ashley does what he does with Sports Direct, and, and we can't compete with that. We're a, no. we're a sport dependent, so we try and hit on a niche. And um, one of our niches in sports is running. Um, we we sell a lot of running shoes. Um, yeah, I was looking at your website. You have an amazing um, running shoe um, area where people can figure out what kind of gait they have and then buy the correct shoes, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's all about the experience. You know, they can come in, you can go on the treadmill, we'll we'll um we'll check your gates and we, we can recommend the right shoes for you. Um and we've had to adapt obviously during lockdown. We've mm. we can do that virtually, so you can send us your um yourself um, a video of yourself yeah. running via WhatsApp and we can do it that way. Um yeah, we, we you know we we're trying everything. Fantastic, that's really good. You manage uh, in the in the in the days before we got locked down, and hopefully to come again. You were managing a team of eighty at your flagship in Ipswich. Um, 
you very much have an ethos of leading by example. Service is a core pillar in Co's uh, ethos. How does this play out in our omnichannel world? Yeah, good question. We we are really trying our best to be omnichannel. Um, and so however the customer communicates with us, we try and communicate with them. So, um, and that's a learning curve, you know, yeah. we have to do it how they want us to do it. So if a, if a customer is happier engaging with us via Instagram, then we reply by Instagram. If they want to yeah. reply to us by email, we do that by the phone and so forth. Yes. Um, and so we've had to really, um, you know, it's a multifaceted faceted approach, I suppose you'd say. So whether it's printed media, we, we still mail out to customers, which is very expensive and, and almost unheard of in these days, but we get a good return based on those on those mail outs. Interesting. Um, because we send, you know, um, really good, um, well thought out mail outs to our customers. Not, not you know, we don't bombard them three or four times a year um, with a carefully curated um, publication that goes out. Um, but then obviously we have isn't it it's probably refreshing for them because if you think about it everything's so digital it sometimes it feels quite special to receive something in the post well I think that's it you know Ah. gone gone are the days when you get home and there's a lot of junk mail in your door because people don't send it thankfully because it's so expensive but that's right uh, that is just you know um, a a little journal we call it uh, three or four times a year with some good information we do our own photo shoots, um, we just use positions and, and promotions, etc. Um, but we get a really good return based on that. Um, because for that reason that nobody else does it now. Absolutely. Very um, interesting. Yeah, so we try and respond and engage and, and make the in-store experiences as exciting as we possibly can, whether it be um through pop-ups. We have pop-ups throughout the year, particularly at Christmas, but we, we're trying to do more of that now as well. Yeah, um, what kind of pop-ups do you do? What were your before when you could? What were you? Who, who did? What who popped up? Yeah, we we tried to where possible use independent um, businesses. Yeah. Um, so that could we had um for instance back in Christmas we had a local gin producer. Um, yeah. Quite nice. A local. It's not all alcohol related. We had a local vodka producer as well, um, and then um, we've had artists. We've had um, jewelry. We've had um, fashion accessories. Uh, we have a kind of a, a resident pop-up at the back of the shop. He's got a, a tuk-tuk and he sells um, coffee. So if you want to come and have a cappuccino before you come in the shop, you can do that. Nice. Um, it's, you know, it's, we, we, we you know, we'll, we'll kind of think, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, think outside of the box. As, yeah, exactly. Different. Yeah, but if we think it fits within, you know, our customer base, then yeah. um, then we'll have you, yeah. Yeah, have fun. That sounds really great. And it is about that fun experience, isn't it? And going in and finding out something different. It's what makes you, encourages you to want to go somewhere, go shopping. It's not just for the clothes. Sometimes it's just to discover newness, be inspired. Yeah, it, it, exactly that. It's um, a great cup of coffee. Well, and, and, you know, hopefully yeah. that people will, uh, the customer will stay longer. Yes, the yeah. dwell time, as they call it. it you know, we, we've, I think we've learned now, certainly in the last 12 months, that some of our shops are maybe bigger than they need to be. You know, we don't need as much clothing out on the shop floor as we perhaps do or as many gifts out as we do. So we could potentially give up some space to other associated businesses or products if if it's right. Yeah, yeah why not? Absolutely. It's certainly where, it, you know, the whole kind of ethos of collaboration is very much where it's at and there's different ways to do that, aren't there? So 
Yeah, very interesting. Share one or two of your campaign highlights. Yeah, we did a... um... We do campaign highlights in terms of marketing. We use them for the business, but also for the wider community as well. Of course, yeah. Um, so um, in terms of the business, we were 85 a couple of years ago. Um, and um, I had this idea that we'd kind of do collaborations with with makers based on a men's outfit. So we put together um, a full outfit of um, products, which would be in collaboration with the makers. So we had a tweed jacket which was obviously an english tweed um with a liberty print handkerchief we approached uh, a shirt maker in sweden who we do a lot of work with who produced a, a shirt exclusive to us but it had the matching liberty trim inside the collar we used barker shoes in um, earls barton north hans for mm-hmm. a fantastic pair of um brown brogues with a little tweed insert which matched the jacket and we used a, um, a chino supplier we use in, in Denmark who produced the chino for us, again, with the Liberty flashing. So it all kind of tied together. Um, and um, every kind of part of the outfit had a story to tell, um, whether it's because of they were an older business like we were or um, they were a small maker. There was just a really interesting story. Um, and so we had these outfits in. We put it in the journal that I mentioned earlier. And mm-hmm. we, we sold out completely because our customers could – really got behind the idea of it. I bet they did, because it's something that's just beautifully thought through, curated and special. And those are the sorts of things hopefully people buy and want to keep. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then something else we did, which was our probably most successful social media campaign was a couple of years ago. Um, we did a thing where we were supporting the independents um, within the towns that we trade. Um, so whether you were um, a shop, a hairdresser, a cafe, a a gym, you name it, if you were independent, you could get involved. And it was kind of a reciprocal agreement arrangement where you kind of, uh, we'd visit you, uh, you'd get your sticker for your door. um, And it became a bit of a community in itself. Um, And obviously there was um, cross-pollination in terms of the social media channels and all the engagement. And you could jump onto our um, followers and we could jump onto their followers and and, and so on. And it, it actually grew um, it became a bit of a monster and we had to sort of stop it because by the end of it, we had 150 independent businesses um, all kind of part of this, this satellite that we'd, we'd, we'd um, created. Um, but we are looking to redo that this year because it was so successful. It's the perfect timing, I was going to yeah. say. That would be yeah. amazing to do that now, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Then you'll exactly. be in a – yeah, because it's now is the perfect moment. And how wonderful to then we'll get together and engage the community and get everything going again. And do you think there's going to be a bit of pent-up frustration where people are kind of like dying to get back out there anyway? Yeah, I think there is. Um, look, I'm a retailer, so I'm always looking on the bright side. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, I, but I really think there is. Um, Me too. You know, we're getting calls and emails now, uh, loads of them about weddings, you know, people who have either rescheduled their wedding or have now booked their wedding. Uh, so there's, there's going to be a big business in that. And I think, yeah. look, no doubt about it. For a lot of people, money's money's tight, Fiona, because of what's happened. But Indeed. I think I think people are fed up with Zoom. Maybe fed up a bit with online. Oh, and completely. They just, yeah, they just want to get out and they want to try some things on. Yes, um, they do. And just and engage and talk to people and feel feel connected to their community. Um, you, you know, whether that's coming into Coes or going to the speak to the chap that makes you coffee in the morning on your way to work or you know, just getting your hair cut, whatever it is, I mm. think there is 
there's going to be a real demand because people want to get out and and see each other again and talk and, and engage. Yeah, they do. It's that interaction that we're really missing. Yeah, definitely. I agree completely. In these very unusual times, um, obviously you've been trading online. What have, what's been your most popular items? What have people been going after? Um, yeah, I touched upon sports earlier. So running, running shoes, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, running shoes. As you can imagine, we've sold hundreds. Um, yeah, we, we deal with Nike and Adidas, but 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 the best-selling running shoes for us are um, brands like Asics, Brooks, um, On. We sell a lot of running shoes. Um, so yeah, anything relating to exercise has been good. So um, yoga mats, dumbbells, yeah, um, boots, um, you know, welly boots. Um, but then also indoor stuff. So loungewear, slippers, um, fragrances, because people are still getting um, birthdays, retirements, whatever. So a lot of gifting has gone online. Um, And randomly, reusable straws. I couldn't work out why. Reusable um, straws. Yeah, um, £4.95. I couldn't understand why we were selling so many. And then I realised what it was. It was the the cheapest thing on our website at the time. and so rather than pay two ninety nine for postage, I think people were happy to pay an extra couple of pound, get free postage and get something for their money. Um, and we sold out of those. <laughs> that is so funny. It's so random. Exactly. Well, maybe something. You're going to need like a few things in that price point now, aren't you? Yeah, it gets you thinking, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. What can you do with that? <laughs> That's a very random one. What do your customers love about the co-shopping experience? I think the fact that we're real people, um, that we're yeah. down to earth, you know, we're approachable. Um, they see, and look, maybe it's the maybe it's not a very sexy word, but we're dependable. You know, they they know they can come to Coes and they can get what they want. And if they can't get what they want, then they know that we're going to try our hardest to find what they want. Um, you know, trust. Um, it's a big thing, um, and reliability. You know, um, we don't shy away from that, and we give. I think we give really good service. Um, we don't always succeed because, look, we're only human, but we mm. try our best. Um, uh, we had a customer, we have a customer, I should say, um, who took early retirement, and he emailed me in January, to the start of the um, of the third lockdown. He um, he made his money in energy and, and saving, basically saving businesses, lots of money in energy. Mm. Um, and in his last year, he saved Primark £5 million. Wow. Um, and he sent me an email saying, you know, Matt, I'd love to help. What, you know, I'd love, we'd love to help. What can I do? And I thought, well, short of giving us a couple of million, I'm not sure if you can help. But um, but we had a conversation, and um, and he's going to do some work for us just from that point of view because if he can save Primark five million pounds on their energy, if he can save us, I don't know, fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. And you know how many how many retailers have got customers like that phoning up saying. Or emailing them saying, you know, we want to help because they knew how difficult the situation was. Uh, that's it's lovely to see. It's lovely. Yeah. That is, that's wonderful, isn't it? And goodness, that'll be incredible. Whatever you can save will be great. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really nice. And it just goes to show how important relationships are. And do you feel that sort of personalization is sort of becoming ever more important on, the, on this theme? Definitely, yeah. I mean, if there's any way of of making it um, relatable to yourself and more personalised, as you say, um, then that's the way forward. You know, we kind of saw that movement a couple of years ago, and I think it's only going to get only going to grow even further. Mm. Um, one of my, I have these harebrained ideas. One of my ideas was to 
start doing um, personalization on socks. So um, the other week I bought a heat press machine, which we're going to have in the shop. And then so if you buy socks from us, we can have your initials um, heat pressed onto the machine. Um, and I'm convinced we're going to sell more socks on the back of it. I mean, I could be, if you talk to me in a year's time, it could be the worst thing I've ever done. But, you know, we, we, we try our best. Are you about to revolutionise Father's Day? It's like no one ever Day. I reckon you've, you're on something here. It's going to be so. like a whole new experience now. And every year, dads everywhere are just going to be getting these personalised socks. Well, my dad will if nobody else does. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think, it's, I think it's brilliant. What have been the highlights of your experience so far in the evolution of the business? If you had to, like, identify something. Yeah, I, I don't think I can say one thing. I'm um, sure. But, but, you know, I've met some incredible people. Um, I mean, if you think one of the most famous people in the world, um, if you think who's the cleverest person is no longer living, who you can think of? Oh, that's a brain teaser. So he's dead and he's really, really clever. It must be, um, I've forgotten his name. The guy that fat the um, scientist. Yes, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking, yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, in, in his latter years, he was a customer of ours. Um, wow. So, you know, met and served Stephen Hawking. Claudia Schieffer, numerous sportsmen and women, you know, I've met some fantastic people, um, made some amazing acquaintances, travelled a lot, been to places that I didn't even know existed, looking for new products. Um, and, you know, seeing the development of colleagues as well, Fiona, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you see them start as a nervous school leaver and they go on to be a, a head of a department or um, or run one of the shops or even leave and do something else amazing. But you've given him that confidence um, and you know, the experience of working with us. And there aren't many, I don't think, that have left Co's who would have a bad word to say about it because they've enjoyed their time here. I can um, imagine that because certainly from our initial um, correspondence, you sent me the loveliest email and not many people do that. You often get sort of, um, you know, just rushed emails or short shrift or sometimes people do think things through, but you sent such a nice email back. I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is someone special. And I always notice things like that, particularly in my line of work. So I can well imagine with you being at the helm that, you know, it's a real people place. It's really people centric. It definitely is. I think you caught me on a good day, Fiona, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, during, a, during a pandemic, I've had a bit more time on my hands, maybe. So Yeah, yeah. we all, absolutely. Yeah. But no, it was very much appreciated. Um, what's been the biggest challenge, but also a great learning opportunity? Um, yeah, look, we have challenges every day, whether it's staffing challenges, you know, customer challenges, business challenges. But the, the last 12 months have been... Um, have been unbelievable in all forms yeah. of the word. Um, I would never want to repeat it again. But we've no. we've learned we've learned so much. You know, we, we've achieved so much as well. Um, and when you, you know, when your back's against the wall, um, you're wondering what the future holds. Even if there is a future, mm. worrying about the 150 staff we've got, their families, myself, mm. my own family. Yeah. Um, you have to make some difficult choices, and and. You can get the violins out now, but, you know, I've had a week off in the last 18 months and that creates its own set of challenges as well. But, of course you know, it does. But retail is what I know, is, is what I love. And when you care about something that much and you care about the place you work and the people you work with, um, you you do your best to protect them, you know. Um, it's, it's not just protecting yourself, it's protecting everyone around you. And and 
and the community as well. You know, I'd, I'd like yeah. to think that we, if we weren't around, I think people would miss us. I hope so, anyway. Um, and you know, we're looking forward to you know the sun shining again. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, April the twelfth, <laughs> we'll fling our doors open, and we won't forget about the pandemic because we've learned a lot. But we will definitely be putting it in a box and and putting it in the attic for a few years. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and moving forward, but we. We've learned a lot, definitely. What would sum it up? What have you learned? Um, too much to say in one sentence, but but I think you know to, to try and be as kind of concise as possible. Um, I've learned new skills personally, so that's that's been great from a, from my own point of view. Um, we've learned that um, people do like us, and they and they and they actually um, value us. They value you, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've also learned that we've got a resilient bunch of staff. Yeah, really I knew you were, I was waiting for the, for the R word, resilience. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I could say the same thing. I run a very small business compared to yours, but certainly it's exactly the same thing that they that I've realized I am valued. Yeah. Okay. Got to rebuild everything, but, um, you know, there is appreciation and we're resilient. <laughs> Exactly that, exactly that. Yeah, that makes sense. What can we look forward to from Coes in 2021? Um, yeah, um, a greater product mix. Like I said earlier, we, we've kind okay. of realised that maybe our um, our shops can change a bit and that we can yeah. um, change the how they're set up um, and what yeah. we sell. Um, so if anyone's listening to this and they're, um, they deal with shoe concessions or... Um, or lingerie or beauty then yeah we're happy to talk to you because um anything like that is maybe um is maybe one that we'd be looking for in the future you know that the high street is yeah has changed there's been some casualties and so if there's a chance for us to to take advantage of that and also add to our mix then then so much the better mm, i can um, think of some brands that could be interesting for you Okay, all right, good. Okay, there's a conversation yeah. to be had. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, no, we'll, we'll have that conversation, definitely. We'll have that conversation, definitely. Yeah. Um, and things like um, there's techie stuff, you know, we we launched a brand yeah. new website on the Shopify um, platform yeah. at the start of the last, pan- at the, the first um, lockdown, so back in March last year. Um, and we launched a EPOS system about five years ago. Um, and on May the 1st this year, we'll launch a brand new EPOS system which is um, would be one of Shopify's first um, in the country to use Shopify POS. So that would then link seamlessly with our website. Um, and that's all about getting closer to our customer. You know, it's not mm. about being big brother. It's just about having one record. So whatever the customer buys, wherever they buy it, however they buy it, we can find it. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that sounds amazing. It'll be really interesting to hear how that evolves. So, yeah, very good. And here's my closing question. Can you believe we're at the end? So that's gone so quickly. It's gone quick, isn't it? It's gone really quick. <laughs> really fast, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my closing question is this. If you could hire any three people in the world, who would they be and why? Now, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, Fiona, so I knew this question was coming <laughs> up. Um, and all of the ones that you kind of that spring to mind initially – have already been hoovered up, I think. You know, your Jeff well, Bezos. You can reuse them. I mean, they don't mind. You know, they're 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 up they're up for for reuse. Yeah, I'm sure they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, Richard Branson, all, all of these, they've all been sort of set before. So, um, Elon's I'm, doing well. Who, sorry? <laughs> Elon Musk. Yes, yeah, yeah, him, him exactly. Mahatma Jeff Gandhi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all there. They're um, all there. So I've tried to think slightly outside the box, if I could. Okay. Um, 
And my first one is Holly Tucker, um, MBE, UK ambassador for small business and obviously co-founder of Not on the High Street, um, you know, a true entrepreneur. And, and what she's done for small and or independent businesses is, is huge. Um, you know, along with her business partner, she set up Not on the High Street in 2006. And this is before the internet was really a, was really a big thing. It was very much in its infancy, you know, 15, mm. 16 years ago. Mm. Um, you know, she's helped over 5,000 small businesses and provided them with a platform to sell. And, yeah, she's obviously made money out of it. She's been tremendously successful. But um, I think I could learn a lot from her. And I think to have someone like that by your side would be phenomenal. Yeah, good, very, very good choice. Absolutely. So she's my first. Um, okay. My second one is Ben Francis. He's okay. founder of Gymshark. Yes. Um, he's 28. He's worth £700 million, pounds, yeah. which is about £700 million more than I'm worth. Um, <laughs> his business is worth a billion. Mm. Um, he's passionate, um, but he's not afraid to admit his weaknesses. Um, yeah. You, you never hear him badmouth a competitor. There's never any negative press about him. No. And whatever your age, whether you're a, a kid at school now or, um, you know, my age, whatever it may be, I think he's an inspiration to anyone who dares to dream. Um, you know, he was he was delivering pizzas for £5 an hour. Um, he set up um, Gymshark in his mum and dad's garage less than 10 years ago. Um, and to get to where he is now... Um, I think is absolutely incredible because, yeah. you know, in the days of Nike and Puma and Adidas and all these huge sports brands under armour, mm. for him to come in um, and, and do what he's done, I think is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't, could not put it better myself. And my last one um, is slightly out left field, um, is Walt Disney. Okay, I love that. We okay, I, on yet. I, I, I won't lie, I do love theme parks, um, and I'm a bit of a kid, big kid, um, but that's not why I've chosen him. Um, I just think he's he's managed to reinvent himself so many times, or he did, he's obviously no longer with us. Um, he began life as an illustrator, he then moved sort of sideways to become a cartoonist, um, and then from cartoons he went into films, and then he had the idea of a theme park, and then he went forward with the Epcot Centre, which is kind of like the, the theme yes. park of the future, if you like. Yes, it's an amazing place for anyone that hasn't been. I highly recommend it. Precisely, you know, and he was involved with planning for the 1960 Winter Olympics and he did so much great work for his country. Um, and I think on the outside, he was um, quite flamboyant and, and obviously he led his business. But but from, from what you read and from what you hear, he was um, self-deprecating. He was a shy, you know, shy man. And I think anyone in retail, certainly I can re relate to that. You know, you put yourself, when you're in the shop or whatever you do for your line of work, you kind of have to promote yourself and be out there and be positive. But, yes, you, do. you know, but away from it, um, you don't always have to act that way. And, and I think, um, dare I say, he was a little insecure as well. And uh, I think to have someone who is very, very human, you know, but actually so um has the foresight to diversify as and when he could see an opportunity um i think would be fantastic to have him alongside that's a that's a brilliant choice there's so there's such well thought through answers and thank you for sharing those because i think they're so inspiring for anyone listening and this whole podcast today has been fantastic 
and I hope will be a real inspiration for all businesses and anyone in business, whether it's retail or whether it's not. Uh, and I really thank you for your time because um, you've made some brilliant points and shared some fantastic experiences with us. So thank you. Thanks, Fiona. I've never done anything like this before and it's a little bit cathartic actually it was um it was good fun yeah Yeah, no that's the goal absolutely as it should be um and our goal is to have you know different people from different walks of life across the industry across our global industry come on here and and tell their stories because it's all about us all inspiring one another so yeah big thank you no thank you thanks for the opportunity much appreciated pleasure If you enjoyed this episode, join me next time. Starting again. It has been a joy and an inspiration talking with Matt today. His journey at Coe's is inspiring. He has played a significant role in the evolution of this East Anglia-based family business, which has embraced all the changes we've seen in the last 20 years to remain a valuable asset to the community it serves. If you enjoyed this episode, join me next time when I will be speaking with another inspiring individual. And if you are enjoying the series, hit the subscribe button to receive notifications on upcoming episodes, where you'll get to hear first-hand insights from across the global fashion and creative industries.